0: Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics podcast. I'm your host Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell and Barry. Coming to you after the disappointing 29 to 22 Oklahoma State loss at TCU. Lots that went wrong. Lots that you can uh, that you can point to for uh, for reasons that the Cowboys lost this one. Uh, struggles on offense, uh, defense giving up too many big plays. Things that have uh, have been the story of the last couple of weeks, of uh, a few weeks of this of this team. So, um, a lot to get into, and we'll uh, we'll try to break it all down. But uh, let's start let's start, Barry, with the defense. I think the uh, I think the secondary, particularly when they uh, when they lost Rodarius Williams and Trey Sterling to injuries. Uh, I think the breakdowns back there were probably the most costly thing because the front was uh, was playing pretty strong. Uh, other than Max Duggan getting a uh, getting free for a couple of long runs, one in particular for a, a touchdown on fourth and one, I thought the front had played pretty well, but the secondary just couldn't handle couldn't couldn't overcome the injuries.
1: No, you know the uh, the Cowboys played good defense, but when they but when they got torched, they really got torched. Four touchdowns and um, Dugan was it? He had four pass completions of longer than uh, 30 yards on deep balls plus an interference penalty. Most of that happened after Sterling and Williams went down. Cowboys just didn't quite hold up. And, uh, you know, I thought all, 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 all together, OSU's defense played pretty solid. I think it was, what did I tell you, TCU had 15 possessions, I think, and the Cowboys gave up four touchdowns. That's winning football in, in 21st century Big 12 or any other conference. The nature of TCU's touchdowns, lots of big plays, lots of deep balls that set up other touchdowns, that makes you sort of wince. But the truth is the Cowboys played good defense in terms of efficiency and five takeaways. Yes. You give me a defense that gets five takeaways, I'll let them give up four long touchdowns every every Saturday because five takeaways should equal victory. So I have to give the OSU defense a pretty good grade even with um, – you know the the explosions of of TCU. Is
0: there anything else that uh, that, that stands out about uh, about why this defense has uh, has uh, kind of hit the skids a little bit in terms of of giving up the big plays? Anything else that stands out to you?
1: Well, <clears throat> you know the injuries haven't helped. Now you can't really get too deep into those waters because everybody's messed up this year. You know, every every year, every week, one of our teams plays TCU or Kansas State or Texas, whoever, and we focus on who's out for our team. We don't really pay attention to who's out for the other team. TCU surely had some guys missing because of COVID. I just don't know who they are. Don't really care. <clears throat> Scoreboard doesn't care. But when you lose a Colby, Harvell, Peel, which Cowboys played a couple games without Colby – Sterling's been banged up, went out yesterday at halftime. Rodarius Williams misses the last two and a half quarters. Those are big-time players. <clears throat> and when you, when you lose those, they're tough to replace. Now, defensive backs are a little bit like the quarterbacks of the defense in this way. Whatever they do, we sort of know it. When they screw up, we know it. When they make a great play, we know it. When, you know, when Cameron Murray or (coughs) Trace Ford screws up, we don't really know it or see it or, you know, we don't know. We don't know what the heck. On the offensive line, Jake Sills or somebody, uh, Ray Schneider, we don't know what the heck's going on. But when it happens to Colby Harvell Peel, we know it. So it's sort of a magnifying position. So when you lose those guys, you tend to focus on it. Um, but for the most part, uh, they played pretty well. And TCU didn't have a bunch of guys running free. The one thing I would say is I thought OSU made a mistake yesterday. Christian Holmes was playing corner. Um, he got burned. I forgot which play it was, but he got burned. Was it the pass interference, I think? he gets. And after that, they put in the true freshman, Muhammad. Who's about four foot three, and was totally mismatched. I thought that was a little bit. Now I don't know the p- politics. For all I know, Christian Holmes is, you know, doing something he's not supposed to, and they warned him, and you know, whatever. But I thought that was a uh, That was a sort of a uh oh moment. If when you had to go to that guy, and they didn't have to by injury, right. I was I was a little puzzled by that.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting development. Just for, uh, like you said, on the surface, not knowing uh, the backstory, um, to take out a guy who uh, you know, Gundy has said has been a good leader for this team, and Christian Holmes, a guy who has uh, has has played well for the most part. He's had uh, he's had his moments of of uh, difficulty. But um, uh, just like most cornerbacks do, but to uh, to pull him in that situation seemed uh, a little bit dangerous, and uh, and and it was it was almost more dangerous than uh, than it was. Muhammad nearly got burned on another deep ball, but it turned out that the uh, receiver had stepped out of bounds. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Though the injuries, it's just really hard to mask. Uh, particularly with as well as Rodarius Williams has been playing this year, it's hard to it's hard to make that up, and it's hard to uh, hard to hide that. Uh, you can't uh, you can't hide a guy at, at, at corner, particularly when you play as much man to man as uh, as Jim Knowles likes to play. So that uh, I think hampered what he was able to do in terms of what he was calling on defense, and it. Uh it, it, it put them in some uh, some difficult situations.
1: But again, yeah. I, I want to go back to the takeaways. Yeah. In the fourth quarter of a tight game in which the offense wasn't doing anything, OSU's defense got two stops, make them punt stops, right and two. I'm just going to grab the ball from this guy and give it back to my team because we really need it. Plays right from Agba uh, Miga. So uh, you don't rare you rarely see a defensive performance like that in the clutch. Right, clutch defense. You know, you might get one turnover, an interception, or something, but it the the takeaways, all four fumbles. If I'm not mistaken, was one pick and four, four fumbles, fumbles right. by TCU. All four fumbles were not the result of – or none of the four were the result of like a botched handoff or a guy playing loose with the ball or just some linebacker laying a vicious hit. All four were they just – OSU guys just grabbed the ball (coughs) and just played pull apart. Right. And said, we're going to wrestle for this football. Yes. And to me, that showed a desire and a ferocity – that I really admired, and I, I think the OSU defense, even on a day when they got torched a little bit, deserves a salute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's really odd to see that many fumbles in one game that are like that, that, uh, that you know, Malcolm Rodriguez, Eamon ogbong uh just grabbing the ball and and pulling it free, popping it out. Um, Eamon Ogbong-Mumiga did it three times three forced fumbles two of them he recovered himself uh, school record for three forced fumbles which is uh, uh, you know uh, that's that's a difficult record to set
1: three forced fumbles in one day yeah so he was he was clearly the star of the show for OSU and Uh, You mentioned they didn't contain Dugan well. That was a little bit of a problem. Right. Dugan got loose. Not so much on scrambling, but on the zone read. Mm Mm-hmm. Cowboys did a great job containing the TCU tailbacks. They didn't do anything. No. But Dugan's – he's an elusive runner, and he's pretty fast. And he didn't really – you know, they they let him loose three times for big gainers. And that, to me – that to me those were as big as the big long pass plays
0: yeah and that uh that fourth and one uh zone read where they tcu blocked it perfectly and uh, and he had wide open space and uh, just had to outrun jason taylor around the corner and got got to the edge and uh, and beat him off the edge so uh that one uh going 42 yards for a touchdown was uh was a huge play for, uh, for him uh, On the offensive side of the ball For Oklahoma State They, uh, they, they Couldn't run the ball in the second half For, uh, for whatever reason whatever, uh, Whether it was an adjustment By TCU uh, Or uh, Oklahoma State's Offensive line was, was wearing down um, Seemed like Jake uh, Springfield was uh, Was slow all day um, He seemed to be struggling A little bit on that, uh, that bum ankle um seemed like he was having a little bit of trouble at left tackle but for the most part they started out running the ball really well des jackson almost had 100 yards by halftime uh, had it on his second carry of the third quarter uh but uh, it dried up really fast after that uh, his last uh, his last nine carries went for 18 yards so um that was, a, uh, that was a frustrating thing for Oklahoma State to see the run game dry up that way because that's, that's such a key to everything that, uh, that they do that it, uh, it really changes what Casey Dunn can call. And then you take Tyler Wallace out of the game after he got hurt on his long touchdown and, uh, and you're really in a, uh, a rough situation there with, uh, with, with what Casey Dunn can call. And uh, the defenses that they're seeing, so it's uh, a lot of a lot of things that that wrapped up into a uh, a really frustrating day for for Oklahoma State's offense. The extra possessions just didn't uh, they couldn't do anything with it. Um, in the four possessions after the uh, the four turnovers that uh, you know there were there were five turnovers. Brock Martin scoops and scores one time. So, uh, those were the only points that Oklahoma State got off turnovers. On the other four possessions, Oklahoma State had nine total yards on 13 offensive snaps, punted the ball twice, turned it over on downs once, and kicked a field goal in uh, in one instance, which they missed. So, uh, really, uh, really a lot to be frustrated about if you're the Oklahoma State offense, Barry.
1: It was not a good day for the offense. Um... You know, Cowboys really didn't get much going in the passing game. Spencer Sanders below 50% completion percentage. He hit the deep ball to Tylan Wallace next to last play of the third quarter, I think it was. And you thought, well, maybe you're going to sneak this one out. But um, just didn't get anything going on the pass game. The running game was good, as you said, in the first half. Casey Dunn said and we came in at halftime and said we marveled. Hey, everything on the play was working. Um, so, in other words, they had a pretty good game plan. But remember who they were playing against. <coughs> uh, Gary Patterson knows his defense. He knows his stuff. Whatever adjustments needed to be made to plug up the run defense at halftime were made. Des Jackson's longest run in the second half was four yards. And... The uh, you know, with no running game and no passing game. The one thing I do think OSU could have done more of is run more zone read and have Sanders keep it. He kept it five times and in, in the second half. And three of the five, he made at least eight yards. He had runs of eight, 11, and 14, I think. And I'd like to have seen more of that. We saw how effective it was with TCU and Dugan. Um, so I'd like to see the, I'd like to have seen more of that with Sanders. The, uh, you know, the, uh, OSU offensive line actually played halfway decent for what they have. Oh yeah. The, blocking would, the, blocking agree. the run in the first half. They kept Sanders. Uh, well, I don't want to say he, you know, he was given zero, they were given zero sacks, I actually think there were two sacks for zero yards. The NFL counts a zero-yard gain as a sack. College does not. College should because that's a positive play for the defense if you sack a guy on the line of scrimmage. But for the most – and and Sanders had to scramble a lot, throw the ball away or try to find a receiver. But for the most part, they got a pretty good game out of this patched-up line and then to not do anything with it. The defense set the offense up so many times, including twice in the fourth quarter in TCU territory, and they just couldn't get, couldn't get anything on it. And uh, the red zone was abysmal. Five trips to the 20 or closer. Six trips to the 25 or closer. And got nine points out of it. I mean, that's just it's ridiculous. So, um, it was it, this offense has been going south for several weeks. Texas Tech was a little bit of a reprieve because anybody can run on Tech. Right. Uh, so you know, and now you go to Baylor and you got to worry about it because Baylor's pretty good up front, yeah, yeah. and it's you, you wonder if the Cowboys can find enough offense to win in Waco.
0: Yeah, that's a big question. We can get into into uh, a little bit more here in a bit, but um, I was a little surprised that the passing game struggled. I understand that that Tylen Wallace is a, uh, a an important factor, um, but if uh, if TCU when Wallace goes out, if TCU is loading the box. It would seem that you would have some uh, some opportunities for some one-on-one situations, and uh, they just didn't seem to uh, to come to fruition in the uh, in the fourth quarter for the passing game to uh, to, to come to life. And I understand that uh, that you know Sanders is having to to get out of the pocket a little bit and uh, and do some things, and just in general in, in general over the course of the entire season you rarely see Sanders rolling out on, on purpose. And and that's something that surprises me. I, I It shocks me that they don't get him out of the pocket more because I think he throws pretty well on the run. Yeah. And uh, it kind he of, often has to. Right, exactly. And so it, uh, it really surprises me that he doesn't, uh, that they don't have more designed rollouts for him to uh, get out of the pocket, throw the ball, particularly with the offensive line being in the shape that it's in. That's, uh, that's something that could, uh, that could help them out, could help, uh, help get him free and have a little bit more time to, to s- survey the field. Obviously, you do that and you kind of take away parts of the field uh, when you've uh, when when you got your quarterback on the move to one side or the other. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it seems like something that could, could have been beneficial over the course of the season for, uh, for this Cowboy offense. Now uh, that said, they're still uh, like we've discussed a million times. They're still dealing with major injuries at, uh, at at on the offensive line. Top two running backs are out. Top receiver, maybe the best player in the Big Twelve. I'm uh, I'm, I'm still uh, still very high on Tyler Wallace and what he has meant to this team this year. Uh, he's uh, he's he's one of the best players in the conference. Period. Um. He goes out. Injuries have just uh have just decimated what was uh what was in line to be a really special season for, for Oklahoma State. Now that's uh that's all out the window at this point. How does uh how does a team now bounce back and uh and go play against a really good Baylor team? in a in a in a tough situation when you've uh, you're you're going on the road again, you're uh, you playing a Baylor team that is uh, that is, looks much better than they did, um, you know, five weeks ago. Um, you know if they if they had played this game in uh, in October when it was supposed to be played, uh, it was probably a. Uh, a, a I don't want to say an easy Oklahoma State win, but uh, you would have felt a lot better about it at th- at that point. Uh, whereas now it's a uh, it's a scary situation for Oklahoma State going into Waco next week.
1: Yeah, Baylor's a funny team. Baylor, <coughs> I mean, we're Baylor's two and six. Um, so it seems funny to sit here talking about how good they are, but you know they take the Sooners. Uh, put up a big fight Saturday night in Norman lose 27-14. I think OU had under less than 300 total yards. They beat Kansas State the week before. They lose the week before that on a last second field goal. Uh, lose to West Virginia in overtime. So uh, you know I think Baylor's better than its record. Baylor's defense controls the front line and they seem to be pretty good on the back end I think OSU is going to have to win a low scoring game I don't think I don't think you can go down there and think well we'll beat them 41-35 now Charlie Brewer the Baylor quarterback is sort of a he's sort of a Max Dugan only not as good can't run as fast may not be able to throw as good I don't know so uh, the defense is going to have to is going to have to uh, probably win this one. Baylor's beat up too; their their tailbacks are depleted. Um, so it's a game you can win, and you need to win. I do think the Cowboys will be ready because, like I said, I didn't see any quit. And Gundy, you know, to Gundy's credit, he really went out of his way to talk about the team's competitiveness and how much they tried, and that's. You know, when you talk about football competitiveness and effort, you're really talking about the defense most of the time. Because when teams – it's easy for offensive players, especially the people who get to touch the ball, uh, they they sort of always stay motivated just because, hey, what if I score? I get to score a touchdown. You know, everybody wants to score a touchdown. So – Sometimes when you talk about teams quitting, what you're really saying is they're quitting on defense. You know, if a team gets beat 27 to 3, nobody ever says, ah, the offense quit. But if you get beat 66 to 28, sometimes people say, ah, the defense has quit. The defense didn't quit yesterday. I mean, they fought the whole dang way in, in difficult circumstances. So I think if I think there's a good sign that OSU will go to Waco still in competitive mode. In this COVID year, one thing we've learned is that there are all kinds of things that we enjoy that can be taken away from us. And football, in some small way, has been taken away from these guys and potentially could have been, I think, I think players sort of recognize that, and I think players want to play. The ones that are still out there want to play. So I think they will. So I, I expect OSU's defense to have another strong game. Can they can they win a close one, a low scoring? I think they're going to have to.
0: I would agree. I, I You look at what Baylor's doing on defense right now, and you don't feel that it's a, a good situation for Oklahoma State to be going into it's a uh, really tough time for uh, for what they what's been going on with their offense uh, but you're right gundy was uh, was was he was fired up talking about the effort of his team in post game uh, on Saturday so that's uh, that's an important factor for uh, for this team because uh, because they've had uh, you know, I mean, I go back to January when Eamon and Tylan and Chuba were sitting on that stage talking about national championships and Big 12 championships, and to have the season go the way that it has is uh, an incredibly frustrating thing for, for a bunch of 21, 22-year-olds that uh, that that had really high hopes for what they could, uh, could accomplish this year, and to... Reach this point now and need to finish out strong. I, I think the uh, the the effort aspect is something that uh, that can't be downplayed because uh, because these guys really are um, really are giving a lot of good effort. So, uh, I want to touch quickly on the kicking game because that was uh, uh, it was a disaster and confusing and, uh, and all sorts of stuff yesterday. Um, Ben Hill, third string kicker comes in for the first two extra points, misses the second one that he attempts, which, uh, did impact the game. It obviously one point wouldn't have uh, changed the game, but it, uh, it did impact the game later on. Um, the, the second-string kicker Brady Pohl, returned after Freehill missed uh, the uh, the second extra point, and he uh, missed two field goals. One really bad that uh, that was really just uh, it was just uh, it was a uh, he he kind of chunked it. You saw some dirt flying up when he uh, when he struck it, and then he uh, and then he shanked it from there. It was it was so bad that some people thought it was blocked. Uh, it it was, looked
1: like one of my golf shots.
0: Y- yes, And it I did. play
1: golf about once every four years.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's about what it looked like. And um, but yeah, some people uh, on Twitter thought that it was blocked. You look at the replay; it was not touched by anyone. The the people over where he kicked it uh, are the guys that don't even jump up to try to block a field goal because they're not expecting it to go that direction. <laughs> um but they've uh, good thing
1: everybody was wearing hard hats <laughs>
0: uh it's obviously a a frustrating situation to be in and to be honest I don't know how often uh, uh I assume that they do a, a decent amount go out and kick off uh, of the grass outside at the uh outside of the Sherman Smith training facility to uh, to have those guys prepared but it's uh but it's different than kicking off the turf that they're used to kicking off of so it's an interesting situation but uh oklahoma state definitely misses alex hale who uh who suffered a serious injury uh in pregame warm-ups for bedlam uh but uh but they left seven points on the board in a uh, in a seven point loss because of the kicking game and that's a uh uh, a difficult thing to stomach as well so
1: and, and and what was unfortunate is the rest of the kicking game was very good i thought
0: yeah it was they were I mean, spectacular Hutton, in the rest of the sp- special teams
1: hunted nine times he put five of them inside the 20. um the uh the kickoff and coverage was good you know one kickoff pinned baylor at the one right so there were some good things happening in the in the uh, kicking game, just not really having anything to do with place kickers.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: They put, they hit the upright as many times as they hit it through the uprights.
0: That's exactly right. If the goal was to hit the upright, they would have, uh, they would have been scoring
1: high. All right. Now, think, think, think about, about the margin, margin that goes into a win and a loss, Scotty. <laughs> if those two kicks that hit the upright, one was an extra point, one was a field goal. The extra point was the one that would have made it 14. You give OSU those points, they wouldn't have been going for two later in the game, which they missed, and TCU wouldn't have, which they made. So TCU, 28 points. OSU would have had um, 27 points, and they're in the last two possessions of the game. When it's twenty-eight, twenty-seven, you know you need to kick a field goal from the twenty-yard line instead of trying to score a touchdown. touchdown. Right. Yeah. Now, it's sort of circular logic because here I'm saying their kickers stink, and if the <laughs> kickers didn't stink <laughs> so, so bad, they could have kicked a field goal to end, to win it at the end. Well, if your kickers stink, how are you going to make the field goal? Right. But, but my point is, is that's the margin of, of sometimes of a college football, football game. Right. Hitting the upright twice can can lead to to defeat and in some ways it did
0: yeah no the uh had uh, had oklahoma state scored a touchdown on the final possession or or one of the final possessions there the extra point would have been an adventure it would have it would have gotten really dicey
1: i i would have gone for two just try to finish it off try try to win win it it by one instead of because you don't want to go to overtime with the Kicking with, with kicking questions. issues
0: that's uh, that's exactly right and here's
1: the other thing extra points are great when it's 99 percent success rate when it's about a 75 percent success rate the two-point conversion looks better and better and better
0: yeah that's absolutely right all right barry well, we'll wrap it up there unless there's anything i forgot my my favorite segment the most important thing i forgot i think we covered it all pretty well
1: no, no just, just disappointing for the cowboys um you know, if they can go to Waco and win, they get a tie for third in the Big 12. It's not a terrible season. Not what they wanted, but you know, seven and three. You know, that that's that's better than six and four. Yeah, it is. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh,
0: we'll tack this on here at the end, Barry. Any uh, any gut feeling on what uh, what bowl these Cowboys could end up in from uh, from here on out?
1: Well, I mean, we it's it's sort of just placement. I don't think the Big 12 is going to get two and the New York is six. I just don't. Right. So I think the OU Iowa State winner will go to probably the Cotton. Then the loser probably to the Alamo. I think Texas likely goes to Orlando because I don't think they've ever been out to that Florida Bowl and they'd love to have the Longhorns. Maybe match them against Mac Brown in North Carolina. Right. And then so next in line is Houston. That's where OSU went. Last year, the Bulls don't like to put teams back-to-back same place. But this year it's not a factor because you know, no fans to speak of are going to go much and it's it's going to be like a normal road game. So I would I would tend to think OSU in Houston is most likely. But you never know if TCU, you know, that TCU now can finish 6 and 4. Maybe Houston Bowl wants TCU and OSU drops to the Liberty Bowl. but i I, I think that's probably it. Memphis or Houston.
0: Yeah, I think you're uh, I think you're right on. I've got a uh, gut feeling about Houston at this point. Um, like you said, even though they were there a year ago, I don't uh, don't see it being an issue to to bring them back. so uh, that's kind of my gut feeling at at this point. so we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes from here. And what, uh, what happens, what transpires with the rest of the conference as it, uh, as it all wraps up. And speaking of wrapping up, we'll wrap up the Cowboy Chronicles podcast right there. Thank you for listening.